You know, have you ever felt trapped in your life, maybe in a, a situation or a relationship or, or just anything like that? Well, I want to tell you a quick story about a time that, that I felt trapped. So imagine little Glenn, I'm about probably nine years old, skinny as a rail, and it had been raining. We live in North Mississippi, and it had been raining for two weeks solid. Finally quit raining. And we're able to go outside, my brother and I. I've got a brother who's two years younger than me. And we love to play along this ditch. We love to play along this ditch. So we go running outside to play, and I jump off this ditch bank. Well, the ditch bank had, had gave way prior to in the rain. And when I hit the bottom there, I sunk up to my armpits in mud. And I went in so fast that it created a vacuum, and I couldn't get out. I mean, I was trapped. And I tried and tried probably, I probably spent 20 minutes, well, it seemed like hours, probably spent 10, 20 minutes trying to get out. And I kept telling my brother, go get dad, go get dad. He, you know, he'll get me out. My brother wouldn't do it. So he had a brilliant idea. He was going to go back to the house, and we had an old tractor, and on the back of it, it had a cable. He said, I'm going to throw this cable around you, you put it under your arms, and I'll just snatch you out of there. Well, now, all I could think of, I could just see me snatched in half. My legs are still in the mud, and my body's trailing behind that tractor back to the house. Finally, he did go and get my dad, and I was freed, obviously. I'm here today. But you know what? I felt trapped. It was a hopeless feeling. I couldn't do anything. I was relying on my brother to get me out. Well, our sermon series today, Plot Twists, we're continuing in it. And today, we're going to talk about traps, traps that are, are in our lives, traps that maybe we see. Maybe some traps we don't see. Now, these gentlemen have placed mouse traps all over the stage. Pastor Dawn is bringing the message today. And she is over here blindfolded. I get to help coach her through there. Please help me, everybody. And Not just Glenn. <laughs> you guys can help her, too. You know, I will have to say, though, she knew that I would be doing this today. She was super nice to me yesterday, <laughs> man. She's as sweet as could be. So, uh... <laughs> Are you ready? So are you, are you ready, Pastor ready. Don? Yes. Well, before you start, I have to tell them your biggest fear right okay. now. <laughs> yeah. Now, some of you can't see, but she's barefoot, and we've got all these mouse traps. We've got 30 mouse traps <laughs> set up here. But her biggest fear is not stepping in one of these mouse traps. No. Her biggest fear is she's going to step in one of these mouse traps and then swear. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I'm asking you guys right now, show her some grace if she does. Yeah. Because these things are vicious. I mean, yeah. these are not regular. These have teeth on them. These things are vicious. So, all right, Dawn, if you're ready. I'm ready. You guys can help her, too. Amanda. So come forward about three feet. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, you might go a little bit, to, little bit to the left. A little bit to the left. <laughs> well, all right. Now, straight forward. Straight forward. There you go. Oh, you're doing good. You're doing good. Keep coming. What? <laughs> All right, keep going. It's a trick. Little, little steps. All right, keep coming. Keep going. No, no, no. Don't listen to, to Leanne. Left. I'm going to listen going. to Leanne. Just straight. Go straight. To my left? Keep going straight. What is left? I don't there you know. Go. Straight. Straight. <laughs> keep going. Straight? Keep, keep going. going. Which Forward. All right, now to your right. Okay. 
Bill, why'd you throw that over there? <laughs> am I? Am I? You're almost front? to the steps. So slide. Do I turn. Your, yep. This way. Sli slide your foot. Yep. You're Which going foot? Good. Keep going forward. <laughs> Don't listen to Leanne. She's trying to trap you. All right. Now you're in a step. Step oh, straight oh, up. Oh, there's a step. Okay. <laughs> Lift your foot up. There you go. <laughs> Don't listen, Leanne. All right, another step up. Oh. All right. Is this the top? No, nope, you got one more after that. All right, one more. Watch out, watch out. Don't listen to him. All right, you're on the top. All right, you made it. Woo. You made it. That's oh. awesome. Oh, That's my it. word. <laughs> so you did very good. Oh. So, I'm going to just turn it over to you. Thanks. Right wow, ahead. thank you guys. No swearing, too. That was no awesome. No swearing. All right. Oh, all right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the guidance, Lord. Thank you for your words, Lord. Thank you for um, this morning and these people here, Lord. I thank you for everyone online. I thank you for the Pulaski County Jail that's going to see this video this week, Lord Jesus. Just give me the words that need to be spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so obviously we're talking about traps today. i got to get on my mark. Um, we are in our sermon series of Joseph. We're following Joseph's life. Um, and these traps, they're a representation of our lives and the traps that the enemy sets for all of us. Um, there is a word, it's called clethrophobia, and that is the fear of being trapped. The Greek, um, it's a Greek word, and the root is clethro, which means trapped or closed in. And we all feel that at some times. Like right now, I'm sweating. I'm still short of breath. Those are the symptoms of a trap for you. You can have shortness of breath, um, dryness of mouth like I do right now, just sweating, shaking. And so those are the things. Now, some people, they can lash out. They can cry when they get so full of fear. And they can also um, cry and also, uh, I'm really shook up right now. <laughs> Freeze up. <laughs> That's what I just did. So, um, yeah, th those things can happen. So we are going to be talking about that today and Joseph. Now, last week we talked about the dreams that God gave Joseph and that also we, you all have dreams. We all have dreams that God has put into our hearts for our lives. But the enemy wants to go ahead and set traps for us, and that's what we're going to talk about today because those traps are going to stop the dreams that you have, that God has for you for your life. So last week, we ended up where Joseph was sold by his um, brothers. He has 11 brothers, and they wanted him killed. But they thought they'd be nice, and they would just sell him into slavery. They didn't want him in their lives anymore. So that's where we're going to start off is Joseph being sold into slavery. So we're in Genesis 39, and we're going to start in uh, verse 1. And it says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock 
flourished. This is just kind of a way to say, too, you know what? Surround yourself with Christian friends, good people. God blesses people, and you will be blessed, too. And those blessings will fall off onto you, and you will get your life changed when you sub, uh, surround yourself with those type of people. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? I'm just going to worry about my foods. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She's just pressuring him. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. Sounds like she's uh, really trying to do something here. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to uh, do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come over, come, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. She called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us all. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran away. He ran outside, leaving his cloak. See, we have, just like Joseph, there's a constant pressure to compromise our faith in life. That is what the world has set up for us. And Joseph, she was trying everything she could to get Joseph to compromise, and he did everything he could to escape that compromise. And um, that's what we need to do, too. We need to try to get away from these things of this compromise that we have. Compromise is um, when you're, you hear people say, well, I'm on the fence or someone's on the fence. You know, we got one foot in the right side, one foot in the wrong side. We got one foot in God. We got one foot in sin. And a lot of times when that happens, we usually fall to the bad side. We usually don't fall to the good side. So when we're in that gray area of life and people are trying to get you to compromise who you are and what you believe and, and uh, ruin your integrity, if you have integrity, you, you just don't want to, we want to stay out of that gray zone. We want to stay out of there. So another thing that we see with uh, Joseph here is the way that he spoke to Potiphar's wife. He spoke the truth. He spoke the truth no matter the consequences. In verse 9, it says, How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be great sin. Joseph was very clear here. He told her why he wouldn't do it. He told her how it would hurt other people's feelings. And even if he decided to go ahead with the fair, he knew God would know. And so he was not going to compromise that. And I love the way that he doesn't mince his words. He doesn't try to lead her on. He doesn't, he's very, very clear in where he stands. And how we get there is that we have this in our heart already. Our, our concrete truth is in our heart. It's by, um, by getting to know God. We have to know who we are. We have to know our foundation. The concrete thing in our life needs to be Christ, right? You hear that all the time, the rock. We have to stand on him because when we don't, 
we're going to fall into the sin of the world that's trying to, um, to make us compromise. But he knew who he was. He knew why he was. And so we have to prepare ourselves. How do we do that? We read our Bible. We say it all the time. You've got to open up that Bible. You've got to read your Bible for yourself. Even if you have to play it on your phone, that's fine. you just got to get those words in. Because that Bible teaches us who God is, who he is. It teaches us... Um, who that devil is. It teaches us truth and it teaches us what to look out for lies. And so Joseph already had that in his life. And when we have that in our life, we're able to come up against someone who's trying to say like, hey, let's go, you know, do some drugs or hey, let's go to the bar again or hey, doesn't that girl look good because your wife doesn't anymore or something. And then we need to know to say, well, you know what? Maybe those things are, maybe I want to do these things or go somewhere, but um, God would know above all. And so we need to have that foundation first in our lives so that when we come up against something, we're able to speak the truth clearly, just like he did, instead of like, let me think about it or whatever. We need to be, have an answer right away. And that's what he's doing here. See, because you know why? Just like this, traps work the best when they are hidden. When I had my blindfold on, I can't see where I'm going. Um, if I had my blindfold off, I could just walk down here and go around. Now, a lot of you are hunters. When you put a trap out, you don't just put a shiny new trap out in the woods. You put camouflage on it. You um, cover it in leaves because animals know if that shiny thing's out there, what do they do? They go the other way. And we humans, we know where traps are too. If we can see them, we're smart enough to go around them. But when they're hidden, this is the problem. We don't know how to see them. And so uh, that is what the enemy does. He hides them all over the place. So what do we do? We read our Bible and get those things into our heart. We pray. That's our communication with God. That's what we tell him. A lot of times he's going to tell you, you know, if you have to have a difficult situation or a difficult conversation with somebody, and you go to prayer, God's going to tell you when you should talk to him, how you should talk to him, always talk to him in love, but how, how when, and where. He's going to guide you in those things. And I, I was thinking about it last week even. And it's in everything we do. The, the word tells us be in prayer always. Last week I was, I love playing pickleball. I was asked to play pickleball and it's like, uh, I have to really pray about it. I had a lot to do. I want to be with my friends. I want to play, but like, Lord, can I go? It's like, it's, he's my dad. So I have to ask permission. I know it sounds weird, but it's truth. I mean, do I have the time? Am I supposed to go right now? And then he'll give you the answer. And then thirdly, we have to have good Christian friends that we can trust, that we can go to because I had to get guidance to get through here. I couldn't see it. And so you have to know who your friends are and you have to trust them. And I always, from years and years ago, even when I wasn't a Christian, if someone said to me, you know what, Dawn, you have purple hair, I'd be like, okay, well, you're crazy because you don't know I don't have purple hair. But if two people said, you know what, Dawn, you have purple hair, well, I'm going to take a look in the mirror because something's going on. I got to look at that. Three people tell me I probably really do have purple hair and I probably don't see colors anymore. But, you know, we have to, we have to trust those people. Don't go to the, your worldly people that, you know, want to bring you down. You go to a Christian friend. Go to a mentor. Go to a pastor. Someone that you could trust that says, you know what, you're in a dangerous zone right now. This is not a good idea. Dating this person is not a good idea. Or 
Continuing to do this behavior is not a good idea. We can see those, those traps that are set out because we have those blinders on. And so we also have to be that Christian friend that's going to be able to tell someone in truth and love, hey, you're in a dangerous spot. I love you. I don't want this to happen to your life. So we have to receive the words, and we also have to be able to give the words. And with a trap, these don't have bait on them, but every trap needs bait. And there's three baits that work well. The enemy has planned this out. Um, they work wonderfully, and they work for years, and they were trying to be worked on Joseph. But the first one is sex. That is huge. This is where the enemy is going to trap us. And, you know, um, here at this church, this is awkward, right? We don't, we're talking about this? Yeah, we're talking about this because it's truth. It is actually what's happening in our world today. So we're going to talk about it. We're not going to shy away from it. Um, our society today tells us that this is okay. This is fine. This is good. You can do it as much as you want with whoever you want, whenever you want. I just saw an article this week. I didn't read it, but the title was this woman had slept with 300 men in a year, and she, but she had criteria that they had to meet. And I was like, I don't even, under, I don't even understand that, but it's, it's a title. It's on the, our website, you know, our world magazines, billboards, social media, sex is thrown at us all the time. And we think that if we're not having it all the time, like this lady, then our lives are terrible. Um, and that is a lie from the enemy. So we, can, we have to avoid those traps. You know, we have to know what the truth says. And the truth is, what does Jesus say? Th because those kind, that kind of sex that, that's, that's happening is sinful and it ties you with that person physically and also spiritually in a sinful sort of way but our bible tells us that marriage that um marriage between a man and a woman that is okay with jesus and so we have to i mean i know a lot of us don't want to think that way because what the world is trying to tell us is this is our culture right now you can be laxed on your biblical views because everybody's doing this and it's unfortunate for you young ones out there. Um, listen, a lot of us have sinned, you know, I mean, and we repent, but um, the pressure is on you guys tremendously. It's on all of us, um, but we just have to know the truth of God. So now that we're done with that awkward section, let's go on. The next one is money. You know, Joseph was a slave and then he was living in this house. He still worked for Potiphar, but he had a better life. And so um, we are also tempted by money. We think that if we had money um, or more money, like our lives would be better, um, that money solves all of our problems. But if you saw last week in the news, Matthew Perry just died at age 54. He had $120 million. It didn't save his life. And it didn't make him happy. He was not happy. He was on drugs for over, what, 30 years of his life? Money does not do that. We do not have one cherished memory of a time with money. Like, I couldn't tell you how much I made two years ago or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, we don't sit around um, Thanksgiving dinner and pull out our money and count it. You know, now maybe there's a time, I was thinking, maybe there's a time with your kids, you roll quarters or something like that. And God's not saying be a pauper. He's not saying you shouldn't have money or wealth. What he's saying is 
don't let your main focus be making that money or ignoring your family or doing whatever to get the money. If you guys got to sit down as a family and adjust some stuff so someone can be a home a little bit more to spend that family time, because all our cherished memories are with people, their relationships. It's not money at all. And that is, again, a bait of the enemy. And then our third most powerful one is power. People today love power. Now, this story here that we, that we read, Potiphar's wife had power over Joseph, and she used that. She was using that, and then she was going to get him in trouble with her power, these lies that she was telling, because she was above him. And so a lot of times um, what, we, what we run into, whether it's in the workplace or not, like if you're ever in a situation like this, just know it's wrong. No one has the right to do that to you ever. And, um, but people have been power tripping for a long time. Whether I don't think it's as much anymore because it's more out there, but bosses to employees, especially back in the day, to women. But you know what? It's not in this situation. It was a woman to a man, and it's not just a woman to a man, and it's not just a man to a woman. It's humans. Humans love power. It's intoxicating. When you get someone to do something for you, it's like, oh, that feels good. Maybe I can get that again, or they can do that. And what it looks like today is that we don't care what anyone else wants. We just care what we want. We don't care if anyone else is uncomfortable. We just want to be comfortable. We don't care about anything but what we want. And so we have to be careful that we are not like that. We have to say, it's okay that it's not my way. It's okay if the outcome isn't the way that I wanted it to be. It's okay if I just go with the flow. And sometimes, too, and I just have to say this because, um, you know, manipulation and um, just being mean to people is a way that we get them to do what we want them to do. You know, if you could be mean to someone and then they just kind of get in line and they walk around on eggshells, that's a power trip. You're power tripping there, you know, and um, or manipulation. Kids they know how to manipulate, let me just say. And, I, and here's an example. You know, you, I have a bowl of candy at my house, and maybe a child walks in, and then they talk about the candy and, oh, how they would, you know, oh, that's nice candy or whatever. That's manipulation because in my nature, I would say have a piece of candy. But you know what? We can't say have a piece of candy. What we need to say to them to teach them or whatever is let them ask for a piece of candy that is not manipula manipulation but when we say oh here it is then they know they don't have to ask for what they want they don't have to be polite and they can just um, get what they want so we are going to be in some difficult hazardous situations in our life and we have to take the um, words of Jenny from Forrest Gump and run Joseph run see run <laughs> Joseph didn't sit there and wait to see what happened. He got out of there. He got out of there quick. He didn't sit around and wait to see like, um, should I go now? Should I have this conversation? Whatever. No, we need to do the same thing when we're in a situation and we just need to get out of there. They tried to tell me this morning to run through these things, but I knew better than that. But, um, no, you're in a place that someone's asking you something that you know is not right. Get out. Get out, run away, it doesn't matter to where. And sometimes you just got to get out of there to clear your head because sometimes your head's not even right. You got you to gotta have a clear, you got to go to someone, a Christian friend. You got to just think about it. It's like, I think that was a trap. I think that was a trap of the enemy. It's because the longer that we sit around and play with temptation and play with the bait, 
it's going to get us. That traps, if I kept doing that, if, like I did this Thursday night and I did it today, if I keep doing this day after day, I'm going to get stuck in one of those traps. It's going to happen. So we don't want to play with temptation. Don't, and we've, we, I know we've played this video here, the kids that they put like a cookie in front of them and then they say, don't touch that cookie. And of course, that's really mean actually, but then wait till I get back. And then the kid's looking at the cookie and then he starts scratching at the cookie and tasting the cookie. Like, don't do that. Don't do that with sex, money, power, anything that's a sin that's going to get you into trouble because eventually you're going to get snagged up and you're going to um, get hurt because we as humans think we're smarter than we are. We can't handle it for long periods of time, so don't play around with it. Um, and I was thinking, you know, in my own life, um, of all the traps that I have fallen into, and, and trust me, they've been many, but there's two traps in my life that were really uh, detrimental, and that's the thing, too. We never know the severity of the traps that we run into. My mom used to always say, like, you're going to get yourself into something that you're not going to know how to get out of, and that is true. Just like Glenn, he got himself into a situation he didn't know how to get out of, so we got to be careful. But um, the first trap I got into was when I was young, but it wasn't necessarily my fault. It was a, a trap of religion. As many of you, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and honestly, I hated every minute of it. And it wasn't just the church's fault. It was family issues and stuff like that, but I hated it. And I always said, when I'm old enough, I'm never going back to church. I'm not. And so I felt like I'm out of this trap. I hate this. I will never go to church again. I'm free. Well, that was a lie of the enemy because you know what I did? I didn't go to church. I didn't want anything to do with God, Jesus, I didn't even know the difference between God and Jesus, honestly. But it was 20 years of falling in to so many traps because of that biggest trap of I'm never going to go again. And how I got out of it was one pits of my life. And then I said, I got to try something. I'm going to go to church because I had put up my arms. I was, I was at the worst place I could ever be. And the importance that I'm going to encourage you guys is I worked with this lady. She was my boss, and I said, I'm going to go to this church on Sunday, and it was actually her church, and I said, can I sit next to you because I don't know what this is. I never learned anything all my years in the Catholic Church. Can I sit next to you? And she allowed me to. So what I want to encourage you guys to is because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be standing here. Maybe God would have found another way. I don't know that I ever would have went back because it was a charismatic church. So that was really different than what I was used to. That probably would have scared me. But you know what? There are our friends and family, coworkers and neighbors that are stuck in traps right now that we have no idea that they're stuck in. And we just need to be the people that go out and help somebody get out of there. Go get, you know, how did they pull you out with a rope? Yeah, dad got him out, you know. Um, if, some, if I, yeah, we just need, people need help. Because if you know right now, it's rampant. Everything, the enemy just seems to be coming at us. And people are hurting. And they're in traps. And we're losing people. We really are. We're losing our friends, our families, our neighbors. I mean, it's incredible how, like, things don't make us happy. I just keep going back to Matthew Perry, but all that money, nothing. That lady with 300 partners or whatever, that is not happy. 
and power. It just doesn't, it doesn't do anything but just make us mean, you know? So let's just not be those people. But let's just be people that let someone come sit next to us at church. Invite them. Invite them because we know the good news. We know that our lives were trapped. Our lives, we've hit so many of these. But let's just walk forward and try to avoid everyone we can with every tool we have, our Bible, prayer, Christian friends. When we have that, we're going to be okay. So how do we apply that to our life? We realize, realize that you will probably not see the traps. You're not going to see them. And run, Joseph, run. You're not going to see those traps. Because when we see something shiny sometimes to a girl or a guy that is well-built like Joseph, um, and we just want that, and we're not seeing all that comes with that, we need help from somebody. We need help from God. What does he say? We need help from prayer. He's going to tell us. We need help from a friend. We do. We can't do this on our own. And there's so many lives, guys, there's so many lives that are damaged because we don't see the traps, because we think we're just going to avoid them. We've got this. You don't understand. But he likes me, but she likes me. But that drug feels good for a minute. It's not just this town. There's drugs everywhere. People are dying daily. So we got to help. We know who we are, right? And if you don't, if you need help, we'll help you. If you do know, you got to help somebody else. Know your core convictions. I'm a child of God. I was a sinner for a long, long time. But I know who I am today. I know who I am. You come at me, I'm going to tell you I'm not doing that. We all have to be like Joseph. And say, you know what? I know what you're doing to me, enemy. You're not getting my family. You're not getting my friends. You're not getting me. Because it's going to feel good for a second. That bait tastes good for a minute. And the next thing you know, you're packing up your stuff, going somewhere. So we just got to get out of there. We're going to run. We're going to run to our Savior's arms mostly, really. Run. He's got you covered. He wants the best for you. He wants you to have he wants you to have money. It's okay. He wants you to have love properly. So I want to pray for all of us right now. Lord, I just pray that uh, you give us the power through your grace to say no to temptation when it's placed before us. We know that that temptation is so strong and so powerful in the moment that it takes an act of God sometimes, many times, if not most times, just to say no. And that includes not just the big sins that they mentioned today of, of power and sex and money, but also those respectable sins like pride and gossip and things like that. I pray, Lord, that you help to give us the power to say no, even when it comes to thinking evil of somebody, to not forgiving somebody. Whatever that temptation is, Lord, let us be the kind of people who say no and say yes to you and let your love fill our hearts in the place, that, in the place of temptation. And if we can't bear under that and just say no in the moment, we have to separate ourselves. Give us the wisdom and hear the Holy Spirit to yell, run, get out of there, and listen and yield to your spirit. 
we know that we are creatures of habit and sometimes the temptation is just to stay in that habit and some and instead of breaking out of that cycle and getting out of that situation so i pray that you give us wisdom and strength and courage and direction in jesus name we pray amen Thank you.